Hello and welcome to episode 56 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is August 26, and together with Robert and Goran, we're here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. So today we take another look at the Azure Monitor for SAP solutions. We had previously talked about this um, several times, but today we have actually Sammy here with us who will give us a holistic overview um, of the solution and show us some, some very cool demos. But before we go uh, hand over to her, let's quickly take a look at some of the weeks from uh, news from, from this week. And what I actually want to start with, um, we had talked about um, this extended partnership between SAP and Microsoft. And we talked about Satya Nadella, Christian Klein, talking about the new integrations um, of SAP solutions in Teams. And um, the uh, yeah, um, SAP Sales Cloud folks have just released another video that actually shows this scenario, <clears throat> how it actually looks like, what you need to do. Um, it's a it's a quick like two minutes video um, that that really guides you through the steps, what what you need to do to configure on the SAP Sales Cloud side, um, how you enable um, the Teams integration, and then also they guide you through uh, or they actually show you how you would set up a meeting then in SAP Sales Cloud and also uh, show the experience um, directly then from Teams. So again, it's a two minute video, um, check it out. I think it's definitely worth um, watching. Um, the next thing is another video that actually I um, stumbled upon, um, yeah, I, I don't know how, but it's about Power FX. So I think I talked about this before. When, when you look at the Power Platform, um, and you need to create some formulas when you need to um, write how to look up certain content or how to sort and filter <clears> and stuff <throat> like that. Then we've introduced PowerFX as the low-code programming language. So it's very similar to what um, users are actually um, uh, known from using Excel, formulas in Excel. Um, but this is now really for the Power Platform. It's a 30-minute video and it's really, really interesting. Um, because it also shows some some new capabilities like um, the possibility to also use um, natural language recognition, basically. So so you type in um, what you want to accomplish. So sort this table after the um, uh, company name or something like that, and then it automatically translates this into the real PowerFX formula. So. Um, when this video was created, um, they were still talking about, look, this is this is something that is in pre uh, that is not yet released, and we will release it. And interestingly enough, um, just last week, um, this um, natural language recognition functionality is now available in a in a preview. So in a public preview, so mm -hmm. you you can use this functionality. I played around with it a little. Um, not enough to actually show you a demo yet, but it's really nice. So, so you really type in what you want to do. So there's an ideas tab um, when you open up your, your Power Apps and you type in what you want to do and um, then it um, returns uh, or it suggests the, the the formula. I mean, it is still um, limited. There there are yeah there, there are just a few things to get started. But um, if you are a Power Platform um, user, then I think this is really something um, that you could uh, take a look at. Good, um, that's almost it. Um, just a quick announcement. Um, Microsoft Ignite 
um, will come on November 2nd till 4th. Um, as always, it's an online event. Um, um, it's free of charge, so you can just register. Um, I think there will be plenty of great content again, like always. I, I don't know um, the agenda yet, but I think it's definitely worth also um, to sign up there. And then speaking of events, SAP TechEd, TechEd 2021 is also around the corner. And actually there's a call for proposals from the um, community. Um, so if you have anything um, that touches somehow um, these topics, I mean, there's also low code as we just talked about, but I guess this is not the power platform. I think this is more the, the SAP low code solutions, but still, if you if you have some cool scenarios, um, submit them you, so you can just, um, th there's a few things that you need to um, provide and <clears throat> send an email to SAP and then hopefully your session will be picked and uh, you will be able to present at TechEd 2021. So with these quick updates, um, that's all from this week. And what I now want to do is I want to hand over to um, Sammy. So maybe you can quickly introduce yourself, um, tell a little about what you're doing at Microsoft, and then I'm really, really looking forward to your presentation and your, your demo. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Holger and Robert. Um, I've been seeing all these videos and uh, today is like an amazing day for me because today I'm, go I'm going to present. Um, my name is Samiksha Khare um, or Sammy. I am part of SAP on Azure product team. So my entire team is uh, PMs who are looking into various products and solutions um, from the engineering side and helping customers uh, with their journey from on cloud. My specific focus is the monitoring product called Azure Monitor for SAP Solutions. So we, me and, and some devs in Microsoft, we started the journey of AMS a couple of years ago. And today we have come really far on that journey and I'm really excited to show the latest developments in the product and kind of just um, see how the community reacts to it um, um, and then go from there on product product development. Cool, great. And, and as said, I think we had picked a few topics already in the past, but I, th um, I, I think what, what you have planned now is really a, a great overview, really starting from scratch. So this will be really exciting. Yes, absolutely. So in today's session, what I'm going to do is just give a brief overview of AMS through a PowerPoint, uh, just to kind of circulate the architecture, pricing, and kind of the reasoning behind the product. Then we will jump into a demo. In the demo, I'll start with um, how to set up AMS. Very briefly, we'll take a look at that, and then we will see the kind of the product itself, how it looks like, and how customers can use it to in, in their day-to-day -day lives. So with that, I'll start presenting the deck. Let me know when you see it. Good. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So Azure Monitor for SAP Solutions, or AMS, is an Azure native monitoring tool built specifically for SAP on Azure customers. Um, in today's deck, what we'll do is we'll take a look at the target users, a brief introduction, current features, pricing, and then demo. So the key target users for AMS are the SAP basis team. Um, that team requires the SAP application, and the NetWeaver. Then we have the team, um, infrastructure team. What we are noticing with the infrastructure is that as customers are moving from on-prem to the cloud, even the infrastructure team is getting interested in the SAP workload telemetry. 
And since AMS is an Azure native monitoring tool and the telemetry is in Azure portal, even the infrastructure team can take advantage of SAP workload telemetry. So the basis team and the infra team are our key persona. After that, there are executives or op operation teams lead who may want to just see high level trends in availability and things like that. So they would be our third persona. And lastly, we have our hosters, managed service providers, partners who may be managing multiple customers. And for them, we have a use case where AMS can be integrated with Azure Lighthouse so that these, these personas can see cross-tenant telemetry in Azure portal. And we have a blog actually on that uh, Lighthouse integration in our tech community blogs. So if anyone is interested, they can go ahead and take a look at that one. So with these four personas, um, let's take a look at what is AMS. When we were talking to customers uh, one and a half years ago or, or so, um, what we realized is that although there are amazing tools out there that customers can use and tools that can give them rich telemetry, there were still a couple of pain points in this area. And what we learned from these customers is that they want a single pane of glass and a single source of monitoring tool that can give them end-to-end -end SAP technical monitoring at one place. Not only that, their other pain point was that they just wanted something which is easy to set up and maintain, and they don't have to set up multiple tools or go to multiple screens or multiple data sources to view that telemetry. And it sounds like an obvious problem, but it was there. Uh, there was one customer who had five different monitoring tools, and I, I could realize that you know there is something there that we can help customers with. Um, and therefore, AMS came into existence. And the whole purpose behind AMS to, is to be one tool, one source for data collection as well as data visualization. And as easy as it can be for us to help customer set it up. So it's both to both of these pain points that we're trying to solve with AMS. And uh, as you see on the slide there, the kind of telemetry we're looking at with AMS is the infrastructure on which you're SAP workload is running. Then we have the SAP system monitoring, which is NetWeaver, NEDB, and the guest operating system. <clears throat> and then we have the SAP application monitoring, which is sort of short terms, user logons, uh, response times, etc. And all of this will be available in Azure portal. And AMS is sort of um, very flexible too, uh, in terms of customizing of visualizations, retention period, etc. For me, actually, that, that's one of the key strengths here, that, that we're not only looking at the infrastructure. So typically, I would expect um, if they, we are talking about an Azure monitor, well, we obviously have good insights into compute, network, and so on. But I think that the beautiful thing here is that we are really going up the stack. So we are allowing customers to, to monitoring the um, operating system, but even look inside the SAP system to get a view on the short dumps and stuff like that, which obviously gives us a lot of possibilities of what we can do with all this information then later on. Yeah. Correct. And, and I think additional to that is very important to add that we are using the, the already existing targets or sources. Yeah? So we are not, not uh, inventing hot water. So we are using already what is already there. But still also on Azure side, we are using existing tooling from our side just to extend them yeah, and show the customer how they can further extend the, those tools and use them in much better way than what we are currently using.
because yeah. you know, we are not inventing much. We are just somehow bundling that together, inventing this this middle middleware. Yeah. No, and you're absolutely right. We are using existing tools and capabilities. So yeah. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about was how does AMS fits into with the existing Azure Monitor? And Robert, you kind of led that wave for us anyway. So um, AMS uses Azure Monitor components already for data collection unit like log analytics and visualization like the Azure workbooks. So we have that kind of integration with Azure Monitor. That's on the back end side. For you as customers, what you can do with AMS and Azure Monitor is combine the telemetry from both to further get that single pane of glass, a zoomed out single pane of glass that overlooks your SAP workloads with AMS, which is the left side of the screen, and the non-SAP and other Azure services which can be monitored with Azure Monitor. So together, that's the power of AMS being Azure native, is you can create such pane of glass quite simply by few clicks um, and pin them to the dashboards to create that SAP and non-SAP single pane of glass as well. So moving on to the current features. So currently AMS supports SAP NetWeaver, SAP HANA, and we'll see details of these in the demo. So I'll quickly kind of move away from this slide, but we do support two databases, HANA and SQL Server, um, SAP NetWeaver, high availability pacemaker clusters. That's one of the popular ones in AMS um, and operating system. We also ship default alert templates for the customers. So they can just pick the alerts that they want and put a threshold and they're good to go. They don't have to write manual alerts here. Um, and then I also want to mention that even the alerts are using the existing Azure Monitor alert framework in the back end. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the regions. Uh, so we are available currently in the top US and Europe regions. We do have plan to expand. Uh, that will happen in the next, next uh, semester or so. But uh, currently we support the Europe regions, north and north and uh, west, as well as US regions, the east, west, and west, east too. Mm -hmm. uh, before we jump to demo, a quick view on the architecture, um, and then we can simply jump to the demo. So here in this slide, as you see the architecture, we start from the left side, customer goes to Azure portal. Also, you can use PowerShell and CLI, but here I'm showing that customer goes to Azure portal. They'll use an Azure consistent create experience that they're already familiar with, and then they will deploy AMS. And once the, they hit deploy in the backend, a AMS resource gets created, as well as a managed resource group gets automatically created with these components, the log analytics, collector VM, key vault, and storage. This is all automatically created. Customers don't have to go and individually do anything here. And once this deployment finishes, it takes about a few minutes. Then what happens is this collector VM based on which systems customers want to monitor. So here's a choice for customers that they can pick and choose which system they want to manage monitor and how many. Just because they're using MS doesn't mean they have to just use everything here. They can choose to just monitor clusters or choose to monitor everything. So the collector VM then makes a connection to all of these systems, pulls the telemetry from here and pushes it to the log analytics. Uh, one, very, one, one question uh, when you mention the the regions yeah mm -hmm. so can i take assumption that for example this right side is this landscape is for example installed in german regions yeah and this ims part is installed in west europe 
can I have setup like this, or is really I need to have that in specific region and then work that specific? I get I get your question. So the constraint is not the region. I mean, it actually comes down to that, but the constraint is the VNet actually. So AMS needs to be in the same VNet as your system you're trying to monitor, and that automatically kinds of okay. put that constraint. Yeah. So for each of these systems, the data collection mechanism is different. So let's take a look at it one by one really briefly. So we'll start with the SAP NetWeaver. So Robert, you already mentioned that we are using existing data sources to collect the data. So just building on to that, with SAP NetWeaver, every instance of the SAP system has a SAP start service running on them. So what AMS does is it makes a connection to the SAP start services existing web methods and pulls the data from there. There is a prerequisite for customers here to go and unprotect some um, four or five web methods, and that's how we get the kind of telemetry from there. We don't do agents, no agent installation for the network, and there's no username and password because the methods are unprotected. And so that's how we make the connection to the NetWeaver and get the telemetry. There's a part two. Uh, so the way I describe this in public preview, there's a private preview part to it um, where we collect data using the NWRC SDK. Um, so we use another data source into STO3, SDFS sort of data. So those are the two we collect data for NetWeaver. Then for HANA, for SAP HANA databases, we make a connection on your IP and your username and password and the SQL port. Um, and through that connection, we execute SQL queries on HANA and pull the data and push it to the log analytics. If anyone is curious about what kind of queries are we running, um, AMS is is open sourced on that sense that you can see the payload code, you can see the queries that we are executing for collection. So people uh, can actually go to our GitHub and look at exact queries that we are executing in HANA and collecting the data. Same thing with SQL Server, username and the port. For pacemaker clusters, there is a prerequisite of installing the Prometheus exporter on each node, and then we connect to the endpoint of that Prometheus exporter to collect the data. And same thing for operating system. You have to install the Prometheus node exporter on each node, and then we collect, connect to the endpoint and collect the data. So that was briefly how we are collecting data from each of these system types. And then data gets pushed to log analytics, and that comes with its own sense of goodness, because as you are aware of log analytics, they have you can write manual Kusto queries. You, you can even write manual alerts, data retention up to two years, export to Excel, Power BI queries export. There's a whole bunch of goodness that comes with log analytics as your data collection destination. So moving on to a brief view on pricing and we jump to demo. With pricing, currently there's no licensing fee on AMS, so you can actually go to Marketplace right now and just start using AMS. Um, there is consumption charge, however, and the consumption charges are for the components that are deployed in the managed resource group. So you have log analytics. Log analytics is a variable cost. Depending on how many systems you are monitoring uh, will determine how many GB of data gets ingested, and that determines your cost per GB. Then we have uh, the standard VM, the collector VM, the key vault and storage. Those are more sort of a fixed cost because once you deploy one time, you can monitor as many SIDs as you want within the same VNet. So that's the standard pricing for those. 
and then we have pricing for alerting. So this is dependent on how many alerts do you kind of uh, apply for your landscape. So if I understand correctly, so we can we can somehow communicate that AMS doesn't have any special uh, costs. So we are just using standard log analytics uh, and 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 infrastructure as a code costs connected to all those services. What we are using in AMS. Yeah. But direct absolutely. AMS licenses we don't have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, I'm ready to jump to demo now. So I'll switch the screen really quickly and I'm going to go to my browser. Um, let me know when you see my browser, please. Yeah, it's there. Awesome. So I think what I'll do is I'll quickly show very briefly the create experience just just to demonstrate that the way we have built AMS is that you can really easily create uh, your monitors. So what you can do is you can type for look for Azure Monitor for SAP solution or directly go to the marketplace and uh, or you can go to your standard Azure uh, create plus create experience. Once you do that, what you'll see is the create experience that everybody is sort of familiar with in Azure. So you have the basic tabs and the providers tab. Those are the two main important tabs that you have to fill in. Basics tab is the place where you actually tell Azure where do you want to place your monitoring resource or which, which resource group are you? Do you want AMS to get itself deployed? Then you give us the name of your resource, the region of your choice. This is where you fill in the VNet information. So as I mentioned, AMS needs to be in the same VNet as all the other um, source systems that you want to monitor. There is a chance you can use an existing log analytics workspace. Now that comes handy if you have another monitoring tool that you're using and you already have a log analytics workspace and you want the same one for your SAP telemetry also. So you can check mark this box and then select your log analytics workspace. Then lastly, you have shared data with Microsoft. Highly recommended, but optional. So this is all you have to tell us as to where is your SAP monitor resource going to be. The next tab, which is the provider tab, this is where you tell Azure the connection information for the systems you want to monitor. So you can select any system. Let's say you want to monitor a NetWeaver system. Before you come to this screen, hopefully you would have done the prerequisite of unprotecting those five web methods. And if it's the NWRFC SDK method in private preview, then there's some prerequisite for there. But once you have done that, you come to the screen and all you have to do is give us the host name and information like subdomain instance number SID and say add a provider from bottom here. And that way you can continue to add if you want. If you have more than one systems to monitor, you can add more. Or you can go take a look at HANA. If you want to monitor HANA, then you select HANA from there. And then you give us the connection information like IP address, SQL port, database tenant, username and password. We do have integration with Azure Key Vault for more security. And if you don't want to give us the system user and password, you can create a different user with monitoring role and backup catalog read role and then give us that username and password. And all this information is in our documentation. So you just have to take a look at that and then come here, give us this information and say add a provider. The last I want to show is the cluster. So for the cluster, once you've done the prerequisite of installing the HA cluster exporter in each node, you can come here and all you have to do is give us the endpoint of that exporter um, and then some metadata for visualization purpose. So it's SID host name cluster and say add a provider. And then once that's done and you have added 
one or two, or you can skip the step and do it later too if you want to. But once that's done, you say review and create, and then hit review and create for the <clears> deployment to <throat> begin. And that's pretty much it. That's all it takes to deploy AMS. It takes a few minutes for the deployment to happen and another 30 minutes or so for data to start showing for the first time. And once that is done, you'll see something like a AMS resource, which looks like this. So this is your Azure monitor for SAP solution resource, ARM resource type, and the, this is your standard resource, the monitoring resource. The most important place on this resource is under monitoring. You'll see all the workbooks light up. So now you have NetWeaver, HANA, SQL, clusters, and operating system, and you can go to each of these, which we will see in one by one, um, and take a look at the visualization. If you want to see the raw logs, you can go directly to this link, the log analytics workspace, and start seeing the actual raw logs, um, and that's your log analytics link. If you remember the architecture diagram, I showed that we deploy and manage resource group, mm -hmm. actually the resource group for which you are supposed to pay consumption charge, you can directly go here to take a look at that after deployment if you want to. And then lastly, under settings, you have providers. So under this providers, you'll see all the systems that you're currently monitoring. You can add and delete these systems at any time after deployment. So let's say you just want to play with one HANA system and you monitor that, and suddenly you want to monitor five other HANA systems. So you can come here and then keep adding those five or deleting if you don't want to monitor anymore. With that, should we take a look at each of the workbooks now for the visualizations? Okay, let's begin with the SAP NetWeaver workbooks. So this is when you click on SAP NetWeaver here, you are navigated to a workbooks. Workbooks is the visualization engine. It's an Azure monitor product. So these workbooks are uh, is the way we visualize. So the first thing here in the SAP NetWeaver is you'll see there's alert button. Then there's overview, availability, performance, statistics, application, logs, queues, etc. So for the overview, what you can do is by SID or by application server, you'll get a quick 15 minutes overview of uh, whether your system is healthy, unhealthy, the status of processes, etc. So this is my SID. And if I scroll down, I can see the availability trend, just an overview. So last 15 minutes of the SID as well as the processes running in it. And here you can see it's a mix of your uh, all the processes in that SID. You can also drill down to the application server layer, uh, and this is where you can see that you have your NQ server and your ABAP server. And this is where you can see the uh, availability trend for that specific one, if that's what you wanted to see. So if you have more than one SID, the first screen can just give you a quick overview of what's going on. Then in the availability tab, this is where you can actually go back in time many, many hours or days if that's what your data retention is for. So your availability trend over that period of time and then also the availability of the processes over the selected period of time. And you'll notice that every tab here has that drill down of time period, SID and application server. Next up is performance. So this is where your, you can see first of all your STO3 data, so your CPU memory, uh, utilization uh, and you have your aging in out percentage and then memory in the private modes and then then you have process utilization so this is where you can select your process and then take a look at it over that period of time so here we can see active processes versus free work processes and then if you wanted to learn more about what's happening above 
you can see the SN66 data here, which gives you kind of the more information such as process number, process type, program mm -hmm. name, user ID, etc., etc. And then lastly, on this page, you'll have your uh, user logons and sessions, and queue lengths and dialog queue length performance. Next up is the workload statistics. So this is where you see the response time broken down with the task type. So in the from the drop down, you can either select all or you can choose uh, a workload task type. Uh, and once you've done that, what you'll start seeing is just the response time trends over the period of time. So you have average CPU in time, um, average response time, average wait time, load time, average UI time, the role wait time, and then a database latency, so database calls, average time or time to TV call, etc. So all the response times would be kind of listed here. And again, the same phenomena of kind of drilling down. Next up is application. This is where you'll see short term categorized by short term by counts. So first up, that's what you see. Then we have short terms by program. So this is like a graphical representation and then a tabular representation of that. And then we have short terms by user. So this was short dump or the application. Then we have lock information. So you'll see the number of logs, number of rejected logs, uh, and then more information about logs. Then lastly, we have the queue statistics. So this is where you see the queue utilizations um, and then some more information about queue statistics and, it, and it kind of trend on it. This is, um, this is what we have for the SAP application and the NetWeaver. Um, and actually our teams are still looking into how to make it better. Um, mm -hmm. Add. So we are very open to getting feedback from customers on how they would like to see information, additional information they would like to see, etc. Let me actually show you alerts. Um, when you click on the alert button here, um, you'll actually see a list of alert templates. Uh, that you can configure by create a rule here, and once you have configured that, you'll start seeing if there are fired alerts you'll see here or alert rule there. Um, so that's the predefined alert templates that come here. Yeah, but in general, in general, everything what we have, have here on the, the page, all those uh, graphical representations are actually behind the scene, this uh, customer queries from Log Analytics. Yes. So that mean I, ca I can create, I can this, have the same query or create new one and create my specific alerts. And so this is just what we yeah. somehow build uh, by the book, what we currently think is the best way of representing that. But customer is free to customize that and extend that in, in any other direction because everything is log analytics. I just need to use custom query, create new workbooks, and just present that in different ways. Yeah, thanks for actually mentioning that. That's the power of flexibility in that way, right? Even all of these charts that you see here with this edit button on the top, customers can create like their own version of this workbooks. Uh, for themselves if they want to by editing all of these charts and as you mentioned editing uh, queries for their alerts etc so yeah that's a good point uh, moving on to hana um, hana is our second uh, workbooks here and you can click on hana and on the top all the hana instances that you're trying to monitor will appear here on the top and you can click on one of the hana instances and then you can see all of this information in the bottom so for my HANA instance, again, you notice the same alert button here. We'll take a look at it towards the end. And then we have overview, utilization, backup, replication, and data size. Data size is a, is a new feature um, that we have released a month ago, I think. So with HANA, in the overview tab, 
first is it's this it's the same with netweaver uh, where you kind of get a quick overview or quick glance of your highest cpu node or highest memory node and then you have all the kind of services in hana and their statuses and cpu memory disk network utilization roles uh, all of this like a brief in information on your hana system then we have utilization so in this utilization you can go back in time choose cpu memory and use time brushing feature to further understand what's going on with your utilization this is not an impressive chart because it's just a straight line but imagine if you actually have yes. fixed internet, you would want to kind of take a look at it in detail um, next is backup so with backup what we have is we we get this data from hana so any backup your hana is aware of will be listed here so log complete incremental full whatever you're taking will be listed here um, and then upfront you get to know the status of your backup the age of your backup, age of your last successful backup, and just this number on how many failed backups have you had. So if there's a failed backup, you'll just know that there's something wrong here with the cross. Next, if you wanted to learn more about sort of a trend, you can drill down based on successful and failed backup and kind of see the backup size, backup duration. And then at the bottom here, you'll see some more information on your you know, backup information. This is the backup catalog information that's coming up. That's your backup. Then we have replication. So in your replication, uh, the first thing you'll see is the is the status of the replication and the mode, the operations mode of your replication. So I see my is an active and sync mode with log replay. Then at the bottom here, you can drill down in time, but then you have more information such as um, uh, the time difference, the async buffer, the max of time difference, time difference over time period, and the same for async buffer also. And then you can click on one of these and actually look at informations like, uh, let me actually go bottom, time behind master. That's one of the key metrics that customer ask for along with async buffer. So those are the two charts at the bottom here. We have zero seconds here, but if there are delays, you'll see here. And then we have uh, just write time versus shipping time, write throughput versus shipping throughput, et cetera, for, for your replication. And then we have data sizing. So data sizing is a feature that we have built where what we do is you'll see the global allocation limit for your column memory and then a straight line prediction on by when are you potentially going to hit that global allocation limit. So you have a lot of days until I hit that limit just because I don't use the demo environment for anything. Uh, and on the right here you have uh, overall memory. So row, column, heap, everything. There go global allocation limit and a straight line prediction for that. Uh, memory, the overall memory, and a time until you're potentially going to reach that limit. So by this, you can do some sort of indication on your capacity planning and HANA utilization and growth, uh, straight line prediction growth for these. And then an obvious question in your mind would be, why is there so many growths? Why is why am I going to hit limit so soon? So you scroll down and what you'd see here is sort of top tables. Uh, top tables, their utilizations, um, the growth rate of that table, growth of the row counts, daily daily growth rate, as you see here, number percentage of loads, etc. To understand more on reasoning behind sort of your growths, and you can click on any of these tables, and then you'll see sort of a straight line prediction, even for the number of rows as to when are they going to hit two billion rows, because that's when you need to partition or or make some changes, as well as the table size versus load size. And then further, what you can see is your uh, file system utilization in HANA. So that's the utilization uh, statistics and the, just the utilization, and you can click on any of these. Mm -hmm. uh, and here again, a straight line, kind of best fit line prediction on 
file system limit and utilization of that. that. I mean, that, that, that's really amazing. I, I didn't know we're, we're doing so many things there because um, as, as, as Robert said, I mean, the data is all there, but what I love and it's just seeing this is that that we are preparing so many templates already that customers can immediately use. Um, and I, I think there are so many valuable insights in just these few screens. And and you said um, this is a new table that 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 wasn't there before. And so, so we're constantly evolving and, and adding additional um, screens and and dashboards there. So um, I think that's yeah, that, that, that's a fantastic start for me. If I'm using an SAP HANA database or something like that, if I'm the Azure administrator, so I'm very familiar in the Azure portal, and I immediately get these um, these overviews. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, uh, the, uh, with this tooling and this integration with, with, with Azure, I think we are now also reaching the point where, where we can uh, see that that the, the uh, the you know job roles like before like SAP basis role are mm -hmm. now changing slightly because now they have a power to do do something very quickly in Azure. They don't need to wait classical IT to do something for them. This very good example how they can benefit from that. Yeah, very nice, very amazing. Uh, yeah. One question, uh, Sami. In in when you uh, present provider creation, there's a as a code tab. So my question is going in that direction. How much of that I can deploy with ARM template, for example? I don't think we have tutorials, but we do have CLI commands in GitHub that customers can take a look. So you can deploy AMS resource, delete, I believe, add a provider. Um, and on top of my head, I, I don't know the update on it because we were focusing on the portal, but um, uh, I think you can do the basic stuff, I would assume. It's good. I mean, probably we'll have that on the end fully, but because you're not, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, creating landing zones, preparing everything for client from partner perspective, and then adding the providers when I'm, you know, installing my landscape. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. Nice. So next, take a, let's take, oh, I didn't show you the alerts for HANA. So here in alerts, back to our HANA, this is the HANA workbooks. Here in alerts, if I click on alert, again, the same sort of experience. There's a bunch of alert templates that you can see. So let's take a look at them. You have the utilization alerts, the CPU memory, CPU memory, the volume disk, uh, the volume of your log, trace log, uh, sorry, trace volume, all of these volume utilization. Then you have failed backups, replication and availability. And you can create, create a rule, add your own threshold, choose the instance that you want to set the alert on and you have other configurations such as alert name, severity of the alert, time windows, frequency in minutes for the alert condition check, suppressing of alert, and then you have action group. Um, actually, this is a good point for me to mention about action group is that uh, with action group, this is the standard Azure alert action group. So there's a lot of opportunity for customers to customize what action they want to take for this alert. So they could be email, phone call, SMS, webhooks, automation, ticket system integration that's out of the box with log analytics. A lot of these can be done using the action groups and then you select the action group for your alert and just say enable alert here. So this is just. Us providing pre-existing uh, alert templates, but yeah, you can create your own alert queries and kind of go from there. 
So that was HANA alerts. Um, let's take a look at the pacemaker clusters. So with pacemaker clusters, same thing, alerts on the top. And the first thing you see is an hexagon representation of your cluster. If you have multiple pacemaker clusters, they will all show up over there. The colors telling you whether the cluster is healthy, not healthy, managed, unmanaged. And once you click on a cluster, you'll see more information. So upfront, you'll see whether there are any location constraints in your clusters or not. And if you do have, they will all be listed there. And if you don't, then it just says no constraint. Then at the bottom, you'll see the node status and the resource status over here and managed or unmanaged for your resources. We actually worked with the um, Suze and the Red Hat product team to bring this to life. Um, and they 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 kind of helped us figure out all these different uh, statuses and, and which could be a critical error versus which could be green versus which is absolutely not critical, things like that. So that was a great experience on the development side on our end as well. Um, so both Suze and Red Hat operating system based pacemaker clusters are supported. Um, there are prerequisites, different prerequisites for both, uh, but you can uh, kind of do the prerequisites and kind of come back and see this information here. And then lastly, we have the um, a sort of a trend of your node uh, availability, uh, not availability status and the resource status over time. So you can from the drop down, choose the resource, um, choose the time period, uh, and then kind of see the sort of a trend over there based on a threshold. Um, this is the failure count for your resource, and this is the status over time for the node. And in terms of alerting, uh, we only have one alert, but a powerful one. Uh, so for the alert template for this particular cluster is that if the primary node switch happened, and if that happened, then you will get an alert. So that's the that's one alert that we have for the uh, alerts right now for the clusters. And the same experience, you can create rule and then kind of go from there and deploy. So I think that's that's also really, really powerful because when I remember, I mean, setting up a pacemaker cluster manually is is horrible. I mean, you, there, there are so many things that you need to consider to to set up a good uh, pacemaker cluster. So it's really, really complicated. So that's where I think when you look at all the automations that we are already providing, it's really beautiful that um, within a few clicks we, we had um, Morgan and um, Dean um, on, on the show sometime back where he was talking about the Terraform and Ansible scripts where, where, where we, we automate all of this setup. So it's really good that you now have a running pacemaker cluster, but then since it was all automated, I don't really know what's happening behind the scene. Now with this as a monitor for a high availability cluster, I can actually see what is happening in the cluster setup. And it looks like you're really providing me with the um, information, what is important, what errors can I ignore, or what warnings can I ignore? And, and that's that, that fits perfectly in our, our story, that we, we help, we enable the customers to easily set up high available environments. And then we also help to really um, um, identify what are real errors, what, what are real issues, what are things that I can ignore? So this this is a beautiful continuation of of the yeah of the SAP on Azure story so to say. Yeah, definitely. Question, Sami, uh, from your uh, experience, uh, how much uh, from metrics perspective, how much um, latency or delay we have be before something happened and having that information in in in, in our screen in log analytics. I see. Uh, the way to think about that is, first of all, there's frequency of data collection, and then there's a frequency or latency on how much time it takes for it to end up in log analytics and visualization. So I'll, I'll kind of address both. 
So in terms of frequency of data collection, uh, most of the information that you see is getting collected every 60 seconds, so that's one minute. Some some specific metrics are a little little wider, so like I think dumps or something table size or something like that, they have a little bit more delay in data collection, frequency of data collection, and customers can go to our GitHub and actually see which logs are collected in what frequency. So that's about one minute over there. In terms of data ingestion to log analytics, um, we say near real time. So the best case scenario is that it gets ingested within one or two minutes, but if there are any delays, it could go uh, up to up to 10 minutes, I think. And I think we're con constantly improving things, so it can change, but that's the worst case scenario I would I would assume. Best case scenario, it's just near real time, ending up in log analytics and showing up here and giving the alert. And then when it comes to alert, there is additional latency on how how yeah, of frequency of the condition are checking. So like overall, we just say near real time for data ingestion. Okay, great, thank you. But then, Sammy, would it be a plausible um, scenario that I say I use the alerting for also triggering a failover then afterwards? So I, I, I obviously catch the event that something is wrong, that my primary node is down. Um, could I use this alert to actually trigger a failover? To trigger as an action? Yes. I mean, this is something that I as a customer or as a partner would develop then. I, I get the notification, the alert that um, my primary node is down, and now yeah. I would develop. Okay, now let's initiate the the failover, for example. So automatic self healing or automatic actions are currently not part of AMS, but I can see what you're saying that that could be a compelling use case that uh, something happens here and then customer does something or so, tool does something for customer. So I, I I can comment that from from my experience from SAP time. I mean th th this. This is, I know where Holger is uh, uh, going, but I mean, it, we must understand that we are talking about operation management. Yeah? In most cases, when we are talking about collection of logs and metrics, we are not talking about instant actions, yeah? because we are visualizing that we want to have history of what's happening there. Yeah? So we are not uh, replacing the service healing, so to say. Yeah? So we need to be very careful that it distinguishes two. And uh, if someone wants to use some log uh, informations and trigger action based on that, it's fine, but they must understand that their potential latency. Yeah. Writing that log because, you know, there's no transaction based writing log, something like that, where you can guarantee that it will happen in, in one period of time immediately after action. So there's no guarantee for that. Yeah. I mean, I could, for example, think of a scenario where. Um, uh, and now, obviously, I go back to my power platform and, and logic yep. apps where we get an alert and we send a, an adaptive card into Teams and says, look, um, take a look at your pacemaker cluster. We just got an alert and then potentially could you could even take an action from there or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I think this is definitely something that uh, partners and customers will play around. I mean, there, there's a there's an option for, you know, if you see that something's wrong in your systems, your HANA is uh, going in, in, in on the limit level. Yeah? So you can say, OK, when 70%, yeah. you reach 70%, send the team notification to, to, to responsible pe people yeah. and trigger the workflow, you know, to approve the, the, the scale yeah. up or scale out. Uh, if we have an, an, an more than one SAP, HANA nodes, and so on. You know, this is a, this is a kind of, of, of alerting you can do there. Mm. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Although we don't ship automated actions here, but I, mm. I love the way we're thinking, right? Customers can do a lot of these things uh, on their own if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I want to next jump into the SQL and operating system uh, workbooks. I'll be very brief on this one, and then we'll take a look at the logs and one final dashboard and call it good for the demo. So with SQL Server, um, you can pick the provider from the top. So similar to what Hana had, you pick the instance from the top, and then you have alerts right over here. And then you just have database information like current load, uh, statistics, resources, problems, always on backups. It's similar to what Hana has, application stuff like that. So for current load, you have your batch request, compilation. Um, I'll just I'll just show this and move on. Uh, statistics has a little bit of memory informations. Uh, the memory overview and actual top 10 weight statistics, etc. Um, then with operating system, we have overview, CPU, memory, disk, and network. Um, and it's kind of similar to uh, kind of brief overview on the overview tab of your file system, networks, CPU, memory, etc. And as you move forward, you'll have just the details of your uh, CPU utilization, memory utilization, disk, mm -hmm. and network. So especially for our large instance customers. This becomes a unique way for them to monitor their operating system along with everything else, because a large instance customer may not have the standard other ways to monitor operating system. So this would be very useful for our bare metal customers for operating system monitoring. Okay, one question. Uh, we, I mean, we already have in a log analytics or complete Azure monitoring already agents for operating systems. Yeah. Yes. So are we collecting something Additional to that, or is just we are somehow bundling that together to show the, the, the nice dashboard to customers? Yes. So there is um, this operating system metrics. The data source is different. The data source for this metric is the node exporter, which is the Prometheus node exporter. But the data source for the the Azure Monitor agent is is different. They, that's a different collection mechanism. For the virtual machine customers, you bring a great point. There is a sort of overlap, like they can choose to use this one with, with this operating system visualization, or they can choose the AMA uh, or the Azure Monitor agent, AMA agent or the agent that they have. Uh, for the bare metal customers, they have only this option sort of to do the operating system collection. To answer your second question, which is, is there an overlap of information or is there some distinct information? So, well, Apart from the fact that the data source is different, metrics or the logs that we're collecting should be almost the same, uh, except the Azure Monitor agent has a little bit more because they have syslogs and some other logs yeah. which we don't have right now. So they, so yeah, so it's a it's a choice for a virtual machine customer to pick one or the other, and then for bare metal customer they can use this. If the VM customer uses this. Uh, what they get is just the visualization, the specific visualization, and and metrics should be almost the same, except they'll have a little bit more. But, but yeah, on the end, if I use both of them, they are all all on log analytics, so I can create booster yes. query and use both of them to have much better version yeah. of whatever report I want. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, so with this, I think. Uh, what I'll quickly briefly also show is the uh, uh, log analytics because we have referred to them quite a bit, uh, the custom logs, setting alerts and things like that. And just for that, I will show them here. 
So this is the log analytics workspace that got automatically created with AMS. And with that link, you are automatically in the logs area. And if you expand the custom logs here, you'll see all the logs that AMS is collecting for you. Uh, so you have your SQL logs, then you'll see Prometheus logs at some point. Yeah, Prometheus HA cluster logs. You have HANA logs. So all the custom logs are here. You, you can use this kind of area to write your own Gusto queries. You can set alerts by new alerting here. You can export to a Power BI query or Excel. Um, you know, run your write your own Gusto query, go back in time and kind of see what you if you wanted to look at something else. So all the goodness of log analytics through this interface. So just and addition to that, to if someone is watching that first time, this is not special for AMS. This is actually the normal log analytics workspace where I'm writing custom queries, where I can see the custom log sources, and also I have a also log management where I can all other sources. So this is a way place where I can create my custom custom queries across all my sources, and I like it. It's amazing. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The last thing that I want to show is um, if you remember that conceptual diagram I showed, like how can you combine Azure Monitor and AMS together and get the single pane of glass? So this is just something I set up, which is the, the average pool allocated size is the standard ANF metric comes from Azure Monitor. AMS doesn't do anything here. It's just Azure Monitor giving you the metrics. Same thing, the bottom chart here is the express route availability. Again, coming from Azure Monitor, but on the right here is, is your cluster availability. That's coming from AMS. And then this is the node, node information for this cluster, again, coming from AMS. So the, the thing I wanted to share here was that just a demo of that conceptual diagram I showed is that that's the power of Azure Native Tools is you can create such dashboards, combine Azure Monitor and AMS telemetry, and see SAP and non-SAP telemetry at one place. And what's even better is it's just few clicks. Like literally, if you go to any of the charts, let's say this is NetWeaver queue utilization, this is the pin button. Mm -hmm. And if you click on the pin button, you can create a dashboard and pin it to a dashboard and kind of that's it. So it's within few clicks, you can actually create such dashboards if you wanted to. Um, I think with that, I'm pretty much uh, done with the with the demo of the AMS, the latest and the greatest that we have. Fantastic. I think that was a, that was really a beautiful rundown from getting started, from setting up the provider, from configuring the system, uh, to then creating a beautiful custom dashboard in the end. That that um, I could imagine. I mean, um, customer operations team or partners, they could have a beautiful monitor hanging at the wall, um, and then you see all these dashboards there that that show you the the overview of the whole landscape. So it's a really powerful. Yeah, and we are continuously investing on uh, in AMS. So you have some more features coming up uh, in the uh, coming semesters. Semester is just a term over here, and uh, yeah, and we are always looking for customer feedback because with AMS we have taken a very customer-focused approach that we are listening to our customers and our uh, the the CSA team, GBB team, HCI teams, the tech specialist teams, fast track team, all of these teams that actually work with the the external customers and then kind of just hearing what they're saying and kind of prioritizing those features. So if anybody has any feedback, like please let us know. Um, we're more than happy to kind of see what we can do in AMS to help. Great. Oh, really great. Good. Uh, 
Yeah, Sammy, I think um, before we started the recording, we already said that uh, we will definitely have you back on the show to talk a little more about some some new things, uh, some new scenarios that it, that you have been working on. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I think it was a really beautiful presentation, re re very insightful. I think there were some some cool things that that customers can really leverage. Um, as you sh as you sh have shown, um, it's doesn't cost anything. I mean, yes, a few resources, but you want to collect this data anyway. So I think it's it's definitely anyone who's running SAP on Azure should definitely check it out. And yeah. Yeah. and hopefully we'll get um, additional feedback from customers. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for having me. It's uh, it's been a privilege and thanks for the opportunity to talk about AMS. No, no, thank no, you very no, much. No. OK, thank you. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye bye. bye.